Well, we have finally made it to summer. Did anybody really think that we would ever finally make it to 80 degrees? Um, personally, where I'm at, it's been far warmer, but uh, I do uh, know from all my friends still in Bellingham that uh, y'all have went from basically a very cold spring into a million degrees. So for all of that, I am, I am so sorry for you guys. Remember, stay hydrated. Everybody pack patience no matter where you go because we're all experiencing the same kind of heat. All of that said, let, let's take a turn into a world that happens to be one of my absolutely favorite topics to talk about. And things that, for all of you all who know me, this is, you know, that this is the kind of thing that is very, very, very sacred to my heart and very, very um, important as well for many different reasons. And that is the concept of spiritual gardening. When we talk about spiritual gardening, I have to tell you, my very, very early experiences is when I visited the Finhorn community in Scotland. But when I came home, I took the ball and I began running with it. I had a natural propensity for this anyhow. And uh, this kind of thing came really easily for me. And what's really interesting is that for the years and years and years that I've been talking about this, I have had so many different people at varying degrees of being receptive to this. I've had people who are open-armed, but then I've had people with whom have been, well, let's just say they had a little bit of an eyebrow cocked. So all of that said, I'm gonna start this out with probably one of my favorite passages from Dorothy McLean. This is from a book that I'm not even sure if this is still uh, viable anymore as far as buying it, but it is called The Findhorn Community. So, the passage goes as follows. Let my will be a mystery for you to find in each moment, my guidance told me, she said. Seek it within the little and the big. It includes all people, all things, all questions, and all answers. I feel like this should de deserves a bit of a pause because this is a huge huge statement. This was Dorothy getting a message from who she referred to as her guidance. When we talk about our own guidance and when she's referring to hers, it's no different than God. It's no different than the spirits of your garden. It's no different than your own inspiration. It all comes from within. We're all part of the divine. Everything is part of the divine. With that said, let's begin working in our magical garden, shall we? One of the things that I enjoy doing the very first, when I very first go out into the garden and I begin to think about what needs to be done, I make in my own head basically a two-sided list. One is, what does Antony want to do? How do I see the garden? What do I feel needs to be done? And after I'm done filling that up, I begin walking out into the garden and I actually let the energies begin to take my hand and show me what needs to be done. Now, I think right now it's really, really, really important to understand the term energy, 
the term deva, spirit, guidance. We need to understand, let's, let's kind of set a, a bit of a definition for this, shall we? When we're talking about these, we're really talking about an energy and attuning ourselves with this energy. If we go back into our basic physics class, um, I'm sure all of us have been in, in physics class. Remember that every single thing is composed of energy. What makes a difference between me being me, a computer being a computer, my table being a table, or my philodendron being a philodendron is the rate of vibration. That is what delineates the difference between all things. I believe with every uh, part of my being that when we begin to receive messages from spirit, from our guidance, that what we have done is we have attuned our own energy to being very similar to that, to the energy of something far greater. And when we're gardening, what that really means is that we're beginning to attune ourselves to, first of all, our garden. And that's important. The garden itself has its own energy. And we're going to call that an egregore energy. Um, egregoric energy is an energy that builds up over time. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to walk into a place and it had a very, very, very specific vibration. When they have those vibrations, what you are feeling is the egregoric energy. It is energy that has been built up over a specific amount of time, or non-specific actually. And when you begin touching that, you begin to feel it. And everybody feels this a little bit differently. And there's no right or a wrong way to feel it, to be really honest. But the first thing we do is we begin tapping into the energy. If you're a gardener, you've worked in your garden for quite some time. And I'll bet you when you go into your garden, some people feel very tranquil. Some people feel inspired. Some people get really energized. When I go into a garden, I see the face of God, to be perfectly honest. I see the many, many, many faces of a deity that is unknowable. And that is what I begin tapping into. So when I go into my garden, I'm going into a place that I know that I see God. And so it's a place of reverence. The egregore of my garden is an egregore energy of reverence. Yours is going to be what yours is. So when I walk into my garden and I look around and I can feel that reverence and i can feel a sense of awe a sense of absolute amazement and wonder because once i tap into that now i start looking at all the plants in the garden a little bit closer because they become a little bit more special and when i do that i really get to look at every single plant for the very first time my grandmother had a very interesting saying that you should never, ever quench the child inside of you. Rather, you should feed it. And what she was really talking about is that 
you should still look at the world, even though we're all getting a little bit older. I mean, anywhere from 20 to 80 years old. She at 100 years old still had the ability to look in her garden and have this absolute sense of awe and wonder, like she was a child, never seen it before in her life. And she would look at a flower, a common rutabecchia or black-eyed Susan flower, and just be amazed how perfect it was. The shade of yellow, how many, how many petals were on the flower, how the plant was constructed. She was always amazed at this. That is what you and I have to tap into. We have to tap into that inner child that says, wow, can you believe these things are in our yard? Can you believe we've been given these things by fill in the blank here? God, um, spirit, the universe. Because you know what? It doesn't really matter what you believe. These are all gifts and they're gifts from the creator or the creatrix, whatever you believe. These are all gifts. As I walk into the garden and I surround myself with that egregoric energy, I now begin to, as I look at everything, and I have to tell you, by the time I actually start working, I have a big smile on my face because I've now surveyed the entire garden and everything is majestic. Everything is amazing. Everything vibrates and hums. And now I'm going to go take part in it. This is where we step this down just a little bit. And now, say I'm looking in one of my perennial uh, borders. And I want to begin working there. I want to begin looking at that perennial border and know that there is a type of energy that surrounds that border. As I look at that border, I'm looking at the flow of it. I'm looking at the colors used, at the heights, the varying uh, different textures. And I'm seeing how all of these energies begin to play off of one another. When I'm looking at this, I am so filled with a sense of reverence and a sense of awe. And I now consciously open myself up to that. Because I'm sorry, I want to be enraptured. I want to be amazed at the garden. I want to be amazed by all living things, whether they're plant or human. So I'm opening myself up to this absolute sense of awe. And now we're starting to get information. Now we're start now I'm starting to hear the plants, if you will. I'm starting to get a sense as to what they need. And you know what? It's not anything that we're looking at. It's energetically, we're, we're exchanging energies together. I have plants that I have fertilized and I fer may have fertilized them last week so they don't really need it again. But this particular plant needs fertilizing. I have no sound basis for that decision other than I believe the plant told me. Now, I want you, as you go into your garden, I want for you to understand a couple of things. There are many different types of people who engage in this type of uh, gardening and or spirituality. We are all spiritual creatures to one degree or another. Everybody has different gifts. 
I happen to be a seer. So I actually am able to put a form to that energy. I can audibly hear the energy. But not everybody is like that. Some people become instantly and just amazed and they are hit with an idea out of absolutely nowhere. They're hit with an idea and they're just like, oh my gosh, I know what to do. Other people are a little bit slower at, at this. And so they're looking at this and they're saying, well, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And then all of a sudden you find them doing something completely different. And it's always fun to ask. So I thought you were going to do this over here. Yeah, well, you know, I just decided this probably needed it more. I believe that that is beginning to tap into that energy. And the energy saying, hey, I need you over here first. And then go back over there. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? It's not about a type of entity that sits and has personal discussions with us. It is about a connectiveness throughout the entire of the world, through all things, through all people, and all plant material, and all of nature. When we begin to attune our vibrations to our garden, we have just opened a door that some people refer to as a doorway to a place called Anun or the, the underworld. It is a mythical place from both Scottish as well as Irish folklore, and I think some of England, um, where all energies from the earth come from. So I use these tags and these labels almost as bookmarks to say, this is what I mean. When I talk about the spirits of the garden, I really am talking about the energetic flow of that garden. When I talk about receiving inspiration from source, I'm talking about re receiving information or a vibration from Anun or from, you can, you can call it whatever you like to call it. But the reality is, is that this is all perfectly natural. This is all exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And I guarantee if we were all tuned into all of this, the world would probably not be in the disarray that it's in now. But I digress. When we begin to tap into that, then that begins to take us a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. I've had people say, okay, Anthony, how do I tap into that? I'm in my garden and I just don't feel anything. One would probably think that it would be as easy as just in our mind's eye opening up ourselves, but it's really not. It's not that easy. Remember that anything worth having, you're going to have to work a little bit for. And this is one of those. But what's really cool about this is that once you open that door, the work is not near as you don't have to be as diligent. Let's put it that way. So what do we do to begin opening up that door? The first thing we do is we take time to sit quietly and we sit quietly and we quiet our thoughts and allow for a blank space in our minds to hold on for a while. It's in that void that we begin to see and hear the energies that surround us. 
it is by doing that, we make ourselves a little bit more sensitive to these energies. By doing that, we allow ourselves to get caught up in that energy and to get swept up in it. So what was really fun is um, the other day, I had a friend of mine who had absolutely, was not at all um, part of any type of a spiritual anything. Um, nice fellow, but really didn't have much of a connection to a whole lot. May or may not have believed in God. We were not on that. We're not on that level. So um, that was kind of irrelevant. And I know he always looked at me as kind of being a little woo-woo. And, you know, we thought, you know, Anthony's nice, but he's a little woo-woo and got a little strange. And it was so funny because he came up to me a while back. He came up to me a while back and he told me, he said, you know, I was gardening and I all of a sudden felt really inspired. And I started working on a plant and pruning it. And it's as though I knew where to go with my clippers. And I told, and I looked at him, I said, so you had a very clear cut idea as to what you were doing. To which he replied to me, well, I didn't when I started, but it seemed like um, I was being guided. I was kind of being nurtured, if you will. And I looked at him and I said, I think you may have had your first contact with that energy. And he was like, oh, I don't know about all that. And I said, okay, that's all right. If they, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what you can do is you can go back to that place. And when you're gardening, you can try to re try to induce that again. Because of course the ultimate goal is to live in that space. But I told him, I said, next time you're gardening, go back to that place, find it. It's going to be like a treasure map. And I hope you left some breadcrumbs. So I want you to follow your breadcrumbs and I want you to go back to that place. And when you go back to that place, I want you just very quietly, you don't have to tell anybody, you don't have to talk about it, very quietly, just close your eyes and say out loud, I'm open to this and mean it. Now, I haven't heard from him since. Uh, this, is only, this hasn't been very long ago, but I'm excited to see if he was able to bring that back. I've had other clients who are just beginning with this. And they've all said, I don't really know exactly what happened, but I can tell you that I was inspired to do things that I've never been inspired to do before. And I'm not really sure where that came from. And one lady said, I don't know if this is my imagination or if I really had a moment with the energies or the spirits. And I had to look at her and I said, you're acting as though your imagination and the spirits are separate. Keeping in mind that everything in our mind is really quite real. And 
I think of our minds as being very similar to space. In space, there is all sorts going on, but there's also very, very quiet places. When those things start going on, it's the birthing of things that's happening. Uh, I'm not sure how other people feel. Some people believe in the Big Bang. Some people believe in creation. No matter what you believe, this whole thing was created. And it came from imagination. It came from whether you're talking about God and God willed it in. Keep in mind, the first part of willing is to have it in your mind. When you will your life to change into a better direction, that first starts as an idea. And then we speak the word and the word makes it so. So I oppose to you, good listeners, is there really a difference between inspiration in your mind and taking the hand of the spirits in the garden? I believe that they're one and the same. And I don't believe for one moment that one discounts the other. Now, when we, let me back up. If we decide that, okay, all right, Anthony, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to sit quietly for a few moments before I garden. And I'm going to allow my mind to go, go quiet. And then I'm going to uh, walk into my garden and I'm going to start gardening. What should I expect? Well, a number of things, but maybe none of them happen. Maybe you have your own experience. Maybe, maybe you have no none of the experiences. Now, because we don't have any of the experiences the first time, the second time, or the third time, let us not have that as a discounted idea then. Again, I, 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 I pose to you, anything worth having, there's going to be some work to do. And the first thing that we have to do is to lasso our own minds and begin to control them so that we can quiet them when we need to and listen when we have to. As we learn to quiet our mind, the inspirations, the propensities, the voices will all become a little bit louder and a little bit louder and a little bit louder. Now, y'all in the, in the Pacific Northwest, you are all really, really, really poised to take all of this material and flush it out. Because first of all, the Pacific Northwest is very, very, very receptive to all of this kind of stuff. Plus, you have a lot of wildland. You have a lot of different types of uh, woodland areas that are really amazing. And so many of it hasn't even been touched by humans. So the reason I bring that up is because you've got a lot of spiritual energy up there that is, is waiting to be tapped into. In addition to that, there is a gathering every year up in Twist um, that's called Fairy Congress. And this is a gathering of people every year. I'm not sure how they're doing with COVID right now, but this is a gathering of people every year that, that have this particular philosophy as a spiritual path. So 
this is another outlet for you to learn a whole lot about not just working with the spirits of your garden, but about self. Let's be, let's be very clear that it really does begin with self. We need to learn how to quiet our mind. And that may sound very simple, but I tell you what, set a timer for five minutes and don't let a single thought or image come into your mind. I know it sounds easy, doesn't it? But I guarantee you it's gonna take some work. We use meditation as an opportunity to be quiet and listen. And we learn to listen after we learn to shut up. For me, that was extremely difficult because I, well, you all know me, I'm a talker. I like to talk. I like to tell you what I think. I like to share with you what knowledge I know. I like to talk, but I had to learn to take time and shut up and allow something far greater than myself to begin talking. That, my friends, is where so much of this begins. When we learn how to shut up, when we learn how to begin perceiving these energies, that's when we start getting really, really powerful knowledge. Now, a lot of you I've worked with in the past, and you guys have now been doing this for several years, and you are a beacon for the, those folks with whom are just starting. And I encourage you to speak openly about it. You never know how many people are listening. I want to share with you a part of, this is a, a, a communication that came to Dorothy. Um, this was a landscape angel that she refers to them as angels that came to her on September 7th, 1963. And it's a very short passage, but I really, really want to kind of paint a picture to this because even though we're talking about the egregoric um, spirit or energy, the plant energy or whatnot, Let's be clear, it's all the same energy, it's just slightly different manifestations. The passage goes as follows. When you think of us, remember that every conceivable part of life is alive, and being alive is manifesting force. There is a spirit in that force. Does that make, if that makes sense to you, then... I want you to utilize that as a meditation. Through force, there's spirit. Everything is so interconnected. Everything is like a large spider web that is connected. You can't pluck one string and not have it reverberate over. One of the loveliest things I think I, I have the absolute honor to do is to work in a nursery that is beautiful and every time I go to work and I do this every day I did this when I worked at my garden nursery I stand there before anybody gets there and I look around and I'm humbled and I'm in awe of the absolute beauty that I get to work around I'm in awe of every single plant 
of every single leaf. I don't just see the beauty of the plants as they're growing, but I find beauty in the ones that have reached the end of their life and are now declining. We have to begin to appreciate every single aspect that we can identify that, we can appreciate it. It's not so unlike human beings. I love seeing a birth, but you're going to think this is particularly odd, but I love seeing the aging as well. The aging is another absolutely beautiful, beautiful part that I think so oftentimes is discounted. I have a very dear friend of mine currently in Atlanta who is probably on the last throes of her life. She's uh, in her um, mid-90s and... Uh, she is one of the most beautiful people you'd ever meet in your life. In addition to seeing the person as they age, they also have accumulated a lot of information. When I look at a plant that is beginning to wither, particularly in fall and winter, I'm looking at not just the aging of a plant and the withering, but I'm also looking at the accumulated knowledge that that plant has acquired since it came out in spring. You may be thinking to yourself, spring to fall to winter, not a whole lot of time. But I pose to you this, their roots are still on the ground. They've probably been there for quite some time. But even more importantly, if I'm looking at a rutabecchia or a black-eyed Susan, and I'm thinking how amazingly astonishing they are, I want you to remember one thing. I've just told the entire family of rutabecchias how absolutely beautiful they are. So when you share that love and that passion with a plant and it is genuine and sincere, remember you're sharing it with a global of that entire of that family. And I think that's probably one of the coolest things I can share with you. I want to enjoy, uh, invite you to join me again next week, or next month rather, on uh, part two of this. Part two, I want to go even further into the work, as well as certain key techniques that I want to encourage you to practice. And then let's kind of touch base. Um, what I would love is for you guys to give me a yell at askantony at outlook.com. You're also welcome for those of you who have my phone number to give me a call. Let's talk about this. I want to see more and more people beginning to, uh, beginning to talk about this. You all in the Pacific Northwest, you all are poised to make such a difference when it comes to how people perceive this, because I know you all. I know you all really well, and you're beautiful, normal, lovely, kind, educated people. This is all the things that people look for when they're trying to take advice from somebody else. So as I sign off, I want you to begin remembering things that you may have forgotten how beautiful things are, how beautiful your garden is, 
how beautiful each flower is. And as you do that, wow, be appreciative, be humbled, and be honored that you are seeing things that so, so many people don't get to see. This has been Anthony, and you've been gardening with Anthony. We've been gardening together now for quite some time, and I would really appreciate if you tuned in every first Wednesday of the month for relevant information on gardening. And not only just relevant information, but some of the more unusual uh, techniques right here on KPNW. I love all of your questions. I think you're all awesome. And so remember, give me a yell. Ask Anthony at Outlook.com. I can't wait till next month. And we are going to take, pick this up and we're going to take the ball a little bit further than what I typically take on this subject on the radio. Have a great month, everybody. Stay hydrated. Stay with lots of sunscreen and have an awesome, awesome August. <laughs>